Section 20 of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andy Glover. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Part 4. Chapter 11D. Judicial Review With the growing complexity of modern life, it has been necessary to develop specialized administrative agencies of government, many of which take on quasi-judicial functions, which previously were conceived of as being wholly within the area of court action. This development of administrative justice has raised the important problem of the relationship of such quasi-judicial administrative agencies and the normal court system. There has been some uncertainty as to the precise extent to which the courts would, or even should, inquire into the merits of issues which have been resolved by the quasi-judicial administrative process. This same uncertainty has been present in immigration. The legal scholars in general seem to agree that in the area of administrative law, including immigration, there has been a steadily widening zone of intervention by the courts. The issues are twofold. First, whether there should be any judicial review of the action of immigration officials. Second, whether such judicial review should be limited to a determination of the reasonableness of executive action or should re-examine the merits. These issues arise in different phases of the immigration process. Deportation Orders The statutes never have directly sanctioned judicial examination of deportation orders. On the contrary, they always have confided to administrative officers the function of determining whether an alien should be deported, and have provided that the determination shall be final. Such is still the provision of the 1952 Act. The courts have supported this grant of authority to administrative officers. The Supreme Court has stated that they are authorized to function without judicial intervention. Although the immigration law lacks a specific statutory authorization for judicial review of deportation, the courts have held that an alien could question a deportation order through a writ of habeas corpus. The proceeding affords to each person deprived of his liberty a speedy and effective means of testing the legality of his detention. But it is not a full judicial review of the issue. It only enables the courts to ascertain whether the deportation order was supported by substantial evidence was issued on the basis of legal authority and after a fair hearing. The courts have not attempted to decide in habeas corpus proceedings whether the administrative findings were wrong, but rather have determined whether the proceedings were fairly and legally conducted. Until the enactment of the Administrative Procedure Act in 1946, the courts uniformly held that the writ of habeas corpus was the exclusive method of contesting a deportation order. Since then, the legal situation has been somewhat confused. Efforts have been made to invoke court remedies 
under the Administrative Procedure Act and under the previously enacted Declaratory Judgment Act, and both forms of proceedings have been sanctioned in some of the lower federal courts. Perhaps by the time this report is completed, the Supreme Court will have ruled on the matter. The 1952 Act contains no specific provision concerning judicial review of deportation orders. The Congressional Conference Report on that bill stated that the safeguard of judicial procedure is afforded the alien in both exclusion and deportation proceedings, but it does not explain or indicate just how. The attempts to enlarge the remedies that might be pursued to question orders of deportation doubtless have been engendered in large measure by a conviction that the relief afforded through the writ of habeas corpus is inadequate. No one would dispute that the writ of habeas corpus has furnished sturdy protection to individual rights in deportation cases. However, that writ can be obtained only by a person who is actually in physical custody. The alien, therefore, is unable to bring court proceedings until an attempt is made to enforce the order of deportation. This has meant that he was obliged to undergo detention before he could obtain a court ruling. The Commission requested the advice of the United States Solicitor General's Office concerning the possibility of improving and clarifying the avenues for judicial review of deportation orders. The views expressed in the Acting Solicitor General's response were formulated with the concurrence of the Immigration and Naturalization Service of the Department of Justice. The Acting Solicitor General stated, I am strongly of the opinion that the form and other incidents of the judicial review of deportation orders should be clarified by legislation. He recommended clarification of the existing uncertain situation by a statutory substitute of a single, fair, and expeditious review for the habeas corpus proceeding. He observed, It is inconvenient to the alien and of no corresponding benefit to the government that he cannot challenge a deportation order, which is otherwise final, until he has been taken into at least nominal custody. He also suggested that the statute include assurances for speedy consideration of such cases and reasonable safeguards against dilatory and multiple litigation. The Commission agrees with these views and recommends the creation of a statutory form of judicial review of orders of deportation. Just how this should be developed is a matter for legislative draftsmanship. The Commission is not wedded to any particular means of providing a clear and precise procedure for judicial review of orders of deportation. However, as some indication of what such proposal might involve, the following is suggested as one means of accomplishing this recommendation. A. The immigration statute should include specific authorization for judicial review of deportation orders after the administrative decision has become final. Although the precise designation of such a court proceeding is unimportant, this remedy could appropriately be called a petition for judicial review. b. Enforcement of the order of deportation 
should be subject to the right to file a proceeding for judicial review within a period of 60 days. c. Although there is a logical justification for channeling review proceedings directly to the United States Courts of Appeals, the heavy volume of such cases might overburden those courts. On balance, therefore, it might be preferable that the petitions for review be brought in the United States District Courts. If this view be taken, such suits should be maintained in the District of the Plaintiff's Residence, rather than in the District of Columbia, in order to avoid a concentration of cases in one court. d. Because of protracted calendar delays in the trial of civil actions in some federal courts, the statute should make provision for simplified pleadings and expedited consideration in the same manner as habeas corpus proceedings are now expedited. Moreover, the statute should preclude multiple attacks upon deportation orders by providing that this special review proceeding shall be the exclusive remedy. Such procedure will give the alien respondent in deportation proceedings a prompt and effective remedy, but will restrict him, in common with all other litigants, to a single mode of review. e. Because deportation will continue to be an administrative, rather than a judicial function, court review should be restricted to an appraisal of the legality and fairness of the decision, and should not reconsider the merits of the controversy. Therefore, the scope of review of deportation orders could continue to be governed by provisions of the Administrative Procedure Act, which substantially conforms with the scope of judicial inquiry fashioned by the courts themselves in deportation cases. Exclusion Orders Under present law and court rulings, the alien applying for admission to the United States, who is stopped at the port of entry, does not have status or legal protections equivalent to those granted to an alien already admitted into the United States. However, the Supreme Court long ago decided that an alien so barred from the United States had the right to institute habeas corpus proceedings to determine whether the exclusion was ordered on grounds prescribed by Congress. The availability of habeas corpus has been an important privilege to aliens whose exclusion has been ordered. The excluded alien ordinarily remains in confinement at the port of entry, and the writ of habeas corpus seems a suitable vehicle for obtaining a court ruling. Moreover, the Commission is not aware that the form of the remedy has caused any real difficulty. Consequently, the Commission recommends that there be no change in existing formulas for review of exclusion orders after final administrative review by the proposed Board of Immigration and Visa Appeals. This would mean that the writ of habeas corpus will continue to be the appropriate remedy open to an alien excluded at a port of entry who wishes to challenge a final order of exclusion. Denial of Visa Although the precedents are meager, it seems doubtful whether under present law a rejected applicant for a visa 
can bring court proceedings to question the adverse determination. Elsewhere, the Commission recommends that the proposed Board of Immigration and Visa Appeals review determinations denying visas. One of the objections to granting such administrative review has been the apprehension by some that it might invite further review in the courts. Although the purpose to be served by such review is an old and cherished one, protection against arbitrary or illegal official action, the legal right recommended is a new one. The Commission believes it is desirable to await experience with its proposed administrative review of visa actions before consideration of judicial review. Therefore, the Commission recommends that at this time the review by the proposed Board of Immigration and Visa Appeals of a decision denying a visa should not be subject to judicial review. Bail The immigration laws do not recognize an absolute right to release on bail for an alien against whom deportation proceedings are pending. Although the privilege of bail has been granted almost universally, there have been some instances in which bail has been denied. The legal authority to refuse bail prior to a determination of deportability was challenged in the courts and eventually was supported by the United States Supreme Court in Carlson v. Landon, 342 U.S. 524, 1952. The Supreme Court was closely divided on this issue, but the majority sustained the denial as a necessary administrative weapon to be used against aliens who are active adherents of the world communist movement, and declared that the aid of the courts could be invoked to determine whether this power was being arbitrarily or illegally exercised. The Act of 1952, Section 242, provides that courts shall have authority to review determinations denying bail in deportation proceedings only upon a conclusive showing that the Attorney General is not proceeding with reasonable dispatch. This provision apparently attempts to preclude the courts from considering whether denials of bail have been arbitrary or illegal. The Commission recommends that the courts be given specific authority to decide whether denials of bail, pending hearings, and determinations in deportation cases are arbitrary or illegal. In summary, apart from bail cases, no additional substantive judicial review is recommended by the Commission. The procedure and form of judicial review in deportation cases should be clarified, but no new or additional judicial review or court procedures are recommended in exclusion or visa denials. Here, the Commission believes that experience with the proposed new rights and procedures set up in connection with the proposed Board of Immigration and Visa Appeals should determine what, if any, further steps should be taken. End of section 20